welcome to the Dude Catholic Podcast. I'm your co-host, Adrian, here with a man who put his car in reverse and said to himself, Ah, this takes me back. <laughs> Javier Sandoval. Indeed, indeed. And that's it. That's all you get. <laughs> the two amigos, not three. That's it. That's all we got today. Today we start a series on Corona. Specifically, Omicron. The virus. <laughs> Our scripture today comes from <laughs> Revelation 21.4. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore. For the former things have passed away. Mmm! Delicious. Delicious indeed. I mean, amen indeed. (laughs) So let's get this podcast on the road. So uh, we both got the Rona. Yeah, we did. It's just funny because you said it's only the two of us. And it's funny because when you said that, I I thought of a, a show that I saw the other day. One of those reality shows, and it was like just the two of us. It was, uh, it was like it's called Sisters Wives, Sister Wives or something. Oh, and it's like one guy. There's one guy that's married to four girls that are sisters. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, dude, man. no, it's terrible. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> definitely not just the two of them. No. How did that even happen? I mean, holy moly. And this guy is on there. He's talking about his drama with four baby mamas that are sisters and their kids that are cousins, yet they're brothers. Then the moms are the aunts, yet they're the stepmoms. (laughs) It's just just weird situation. It's a weird situation. Anyways, that's not what we're talking about today. We're not. (laughs) Heck no, we're not. But you know what? No, no, I got nothing. <laughs> There's, there is the tie-in. You know, that is the challenge. I thought about this game that we could do for the podcast, speaking of unrelated things. And, and that would be like making a tie-in out of a random thing. Like you come up with random thoughts, I come up with random thoughts, and the other person has to come up with a spiritual tie-in. So the only tie-in that I have for that is that that's sick. And so were we. We had... Omicron. <laughs> As I'm coughing over here, yeah. That's yeah, yeah. Um, today's the first day that I'm not taking medicine because, uh, yeah, it's been it's been ten days. It's been ten days. So I've been I've been coughing earlier when we were talking before because we were we we're hanging out for a while, and uh, and yeah, it's it's the first day that I'm not taking medicine for for any symptoms or whatnot. And it wasn't that bad, but you know, at the same time, like I uh, just recently, you know, um, we haven't been talking about it too much, but. But recently, my wife's grandmother, her other grandmother, passed away. And maternal she, uh, or paternal? Uh, maternal. Okay. Maternal. The paternal one uh, passed away before. before yeah. yeah. So she lost all three grandparents within this time period. One of them was actually due to COVID. She wow. lost a cousin who was, uh, who was 33. You know, he did have some underlying conditions, but, um, but mm. you know, the, the, the it's, piece. yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't indeed into that. Um, it doesn't matter, you know. It's like it's it, they're they're gone. You know, yeah. All of them are gone, and it's it sucks. I'm lucky because I don't have any any other conditions that might 
make it more dangerous for me. My wife is lucky she doesn't have anything else, you know, because I got it and she got it. Um, but it's, it's tough, you know, it's, it's tough to think about these things. And it scared, uh, my son is scared of this stuff, you know, and so. Yeah, yeah. So he's, he's been, he he's been more cautious. He said something to the effect of, uh, of you know, if daddy goes, then, then I don't want to stick around. And I'm like, dude. Wow. Wow. That's, that's, uh, oof. Yeah. Talk about starting the podcast heavy, huh? <laughs> you know, it kind of it kind of puts uh, puts things in perspective, you know. Because, I mean, here's the thing: like, I I got the COVID before, you know. I got the Rona; it knocked me down. Like, uh, I'm, I'm a hipster when it comes to that. I got it before it was cool, you know, before the shutdown, before any of that, before it was even on the doctor's radar to uh, to test for it or anything like that. And uh, and then I got vaccined, and I still got it. You know, I still got it again. And it just kind of makes you question everything. And we're not going to get political or, or talk about like data that much. But but it does have something to do with who we are as men. And I think I think it's a, it's a good thing for us to discuss. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, and you don't go back to work until tomorrow. The first day tomorrow, it's, it's the first day back to work, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I had a, had a week off. A week and a day. And the difference between... Um, Adrian and I is that Adrian's vaccinated and I'm not vaccinated. Just, you know, just to kind of throw that detail out there. Um, but um, I I got the Rona. Uh, I don't even know when I got the Rona, who I got it from, which I'm sure you're probably on the same boat. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I got the, I, I started coughing before New Year's Day. And my sister, who is pregnant, came over to my home and she stayed with us, meaning me and my mom. My mom lives with me. And she was coughing. And then I started coughing. But when I started coughing, my mom thought I had the Rona. And everybody thought I had the Rona, which I was just coughing. So my sister left and she stayed in a hotel. But I was just like, what, what, wait, wait, what? Like, you are coughing now I'm coughing, and you think I have the Rona, but you don't have the Rona? Like, I don't get this. Just because oh, you're pregnant. Oh, it causes drama. It causes Just because you're pregnant, you're exempt. But anyways, so, um, you know, so we were trying to protect my sister. God bless her. She's pregnant uh, with a baby girl and uh, praying for that little baby girl, my future niece. Um, so she left, and... Um, and me and my son, my son was fine. He just had a little cough too, same thing. And then we went to uh, the Rose Parade, but we didn't go in public, like, you know, on the, in the, on the streets where everybody stands there. Mm-hmm. I have a cousin who has an apartment that overlooks Colorado Boulevard. If you guys don't know, the Rose Parade happens. It's like probably the biggest parade in the world. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much is. And... So we went, and it wasn't like a lot of us, but it was just me, because of my first cousins, uh, like three of my first cousins, my uncle, my dad also came, etc., and my girlfriend, and um, it was it was awesome. But then later on, I found out that my first cousin, that her husband, had the Rona. He had the coronavirus, <laughs> <laughs> the Rona, <laughs> taking it back, huh? Yeah. And he didn't say anything, but so I'm not even sure if I just had a cough and then I got the coronavirus from them. So we don't, mm. I don't even know where it went. Oh, I gave it to them. I don't know what in God's name happened there. <laughs> 
But I got it. And I didn't know I had it until I went to school on Monday because my first day back was on January the 3rd, which is a Monday. And because I'm not vaccinated, I get tested every week on Monday. So I, I come in, I get tested. And the nurse is like, yeah, you, you're positive. You got to go home. And I'm like, oh. So right away, I'm like, oh, man, I got to alert my son's school. You know, and I, I right away, I let them know. And then they, they, he gets tested. Luckily, he doesn't have any symptoms, but he tests positive. Mm. And now he has to quarantine. Yep. I have to quarantine. And, and I just have a cough and I had like a headache. Um, I don't know about your symptoms, but those were my symptoms. They were really light. I just, yeah, I, I felt fatigued. Say light. Yeah, Pretty I felt light. fatigued. A little bit, of, a little bit of fatigue, and my throat hurt, and I had a cough. Yeah, I had it a was, cough. It wasn't yeah, that. It wasn't that bad of a cough either. No. And um, you know, so that was it. And then I started losing my taste a little bit. Um, same, a little bit. Lost my appetite. So yeah. that caused me to yeah, lose same. weight, which was actually for me awesome because I my New Year's resolution was to lose weight. <laughs> I only lost like three pounds. Like oh, the, dude, I lost the, like I lost, I lost three tamale pounds. That, that's it. <laughs> so, so there I am. And during this time, I'm going through something deeply and very emotional um, uh, on me that 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 I found out that has to do with my son. Um, something deeply personal, and I it, that that I think kind of set me up to get the the virus because it kind of lowered my defenses and what i mean by that is psychologically i wasn't mentally strong i think and that also you know that that affects you know that affects you and i think that affected me deeply but i'm going through that the weather in california is horrible during that time it's gloomy it's, if you remember it's like mm-hmm. like after new year's it was raining it was like cloudy and then on top of that, I have the virus, and then I'm going through this thing with my son, and it's just all this kind of weighed down on me. And then I can't go to school, be around people, I can't go anywhere. It was very depressing. I'm not gonna lie. Unlike me, Javier is an extrovert, so you you kind of you need you need, need to be people. around people. You need to be around people. I'm I'm cool. Like if, if I'm if I'm by myself, I'm I'm recharging. Yeah. I do like people, and I, I'm here to serve people, but at the same time. If I'm gonna recharge my batteries, it's gonna be by myself. Yeah. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be chilling. I'm not gonna be out and about, you know, talking to other humans. I, I can I can avoid contact with other people pretty all right. But you know, you put me it, it, it'd be like the uh, the equivalent of me of me being around people 24 seven. Yeah. Like I'd be drained. Like I would be kind of like okay, I I I would get antsy. I'd be like I I can't be here anymore. And, and I'm the opposite. Like I I need mm-hmm. to be around people. Otherwise, I start feeling like, I don't know. I mean, I'm a lot better about it now, but but going through this by myself and then not wanting to get anybody else infected, um, you know, I don't want to go out. I mean, I started, I mean, I would go for walks, but I would make sure like I was super far from people because, you know, you feel guilty. You don't want to get anybody sick. Mm-hmm. Uh, God forbid you get an old lady sick or an old man sick and, yeah. you know, and then they die because you gave them the Rona that you would never know. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, you got him sick. So I was just being very cautious with all that. And, um, you know, but one of the things I, I did start doing, which is a, not only besides losing weight, which was a positive um, effect of the having the coronavirus, was I started praying more. And I figured like, hey, 
Mm-hmm. What can I do with my time? Let's pray. So I started going to the church. And obviously, I, I was also very careful in the church. Um, you know, um, heck, I even started going to daily mass. But how did I do that? Well, I would stand outside while the mass was going on or like way <laughs> in the back. Nobody's there. It's daily mass. So there's like, you know, hardly yeah. any people there. And then when I would go up to receive the Eucharist, I left my like double mask on and I made sure my hands were sanitized and all that. And I, you know, put my hands out, got the Eucharist. And I remember one time the lady is like, you got to put it in your mouth. And I'm like, I just ignored her because I was like, I'm not going to take my mask down when you're like mm-hmm. less than six feet away from me, you know. And she looked mad. And I was like, well, I mean, trust mm-hmm. me, it's for your protection. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I started doing that. I started praying. Luckily, I have a really good parish right by me, which is St. Peter Chanel. So they have uh, daily mass, adoration, the rosary, the divine chaplet. So I started doing all that. Started in novena. Um, you know, so it was, that was really, really good for me. And um, yeah, it was really good for me. And But then again, like my son having COVID, after I tested negative, he was still positive. So now I have to stay at home and take care of him. <laughs> so it's like it never ends you know what i mean it never yeah. ends until i finally found somebody to take care of my son and that was great and i remember the first day i went back to school which i'm sure you're gonna experience tomorrow i was so happy to be back on campus i was like wow this is awesome like <laughs> back, back to normal yeah back to normal but even then it was still gloomy but it was still weird the weather was still weird but still though at least i had that and then when i get, got got into the classroom my students are they're like so happy to see me we're so happy you're back we're glad you're back we were praying for you i was nice. like man it was just it was so good so good it was so good um but yeah i mean while i was going through that i i definitely started offering that that up you know for other people uh, people, I started thinking about people who, who are less fortunate, people who are actually dying. I'm not even in the anywhere near dying. Mm-hmm. Um, people who are going through stuff. I remember I was praying for friends and people that I knew were going through like really difficult situations. You know, at the end of the day, as they say, the grass is always greener on the other side, and somebody always has it worse than you do, right? You may not know about it, but somebody's going through something more difficult than you are. And I remember thinking to myself, like, Lord, let me, you know, um, I offer up this for, for, for somebody else who's going through, through this pain and suffering or through deep pain and suffering uh, because of a loss or whatever they're going through. But Yeah, and recently, like, like I mentioned earlier, was, uh, you know, my, my wife's family has been going through the ringer. You know, both sides uh, have been losing a lot of people. And so we've had suffering uh, very present to us. I mean, when they were gonna unplug grandma from, from the machine, I as I was coming home, um, they were FaceTiming her and you know, just saying their goodbyes. And it was heart-wrenching to see that because, see, with this grandmother, there's a relationship. Mm. You know, we lived down the street from their house. Mm. And when we went there, we visited and she was so welcoming, you know, that that's that's her legacy. You know, I've never experienced such a welcoming atmosphere, you know, outside of family. And so with her passing, it affected 
my mother-in-law. It affected my wife, who was partially raised by her. It affects my kids because they have a relationship with Gammy, you know, and and it sucked to see my kids destroyed by that. You know, when they hung up, like they all broke down, rightly so. You know, like when when you have someone that that means so much to you like that, like it's it's the only it's the only uh, appropriate response. Yeah. You know, and so it's funny because I've been, you know, when when you're sick or when when you have downtime, you get to watch TV. And sometimes, sometimes they'll say something meaningful. You know, I watched the the series called uh, WandaVision. I don't know if anyone saw that. This is a while back. And uh, and Vision, who was a robot that falls in love with this human girl, um, Scarlet Witch. I'm not going to give too much background, but, but he said something meaningful about death. Um, actually about mourning and he said what is mourning but love persevering mm. and that was so deep you know like to that, at least to me when when I'm thinking about suffering um, you know I'm a man I try to I try to solve problems you know and there is no there's no way to solve that problem because at, at the end of the day it's not a problem you know it's our birth into eternal life and one of the things that brought brought us great consolation was that my wife was hustling to get her her last rites, and yeah, you know, we can say anointing of the sick or whatever. It's, it's last rites, you know. It's the end. Like yeah. it, we we knew it was the end. And right now in this time, it's so hard to get a priest out there, especially if the person has COVID. But. One priest who was uh, not restricted by the bishop, a priest from a religious order, went. Nice. And it was hard to get someone to go out there, but God, God, <laughs> he's got us, you know? And, and she was able, yeah, I mean, my, my hat off to my, to my wife. She was able to make it happen. She That's called awesome. and called and called, and, uh, wow. and someone was eventually able to go. Because everyone was saying no. Imagine how That's abandoned, ridiculous. how abandoned people feel right now. Yeah, good. Their church, the church mm-hmm. that traditionally runs towards mm-hmm. where people are running away from. Yeah. That is my church. That same church is saying, nah, grandma's going to have to die alone. Yeah, grandma's going to have to die without receiving the sacraments that we're all supposed to receive at the end of our life. That's grandma's going to die without holy viaticum. Yeah, that that's not that's not my church. Yeah. Hashtag not my church, man. Like, I don't know what the heck is happening, but but men need to be men, and we need to call out our priests and say, hey. In the words of our president, come on, man. <laughs> I got I gotta. I, here's the thing: like, I can't be serious, especially when like something hurts. You know, like yeah, I yeah. crack jokes because I don't want to cry. Yeah, I'm yeah. not, I, and it's it sucks, and and like I said, a lot of people feel abandoned. But here's the thing, you know, if if that ever if that happened to anyone and they were not lucky enough to get a priest, they were turned away. Like like my wife got turned away several times, um, by several parishes, and not even the priests too. Like a lot of the parishioners are like very negative about about this stuff, and they're very rude about it too. Sad. And they work in the rectories. Like, these are the people that are working there. I'm like, dude, like, how can you be so heartless? So, anyway, I got some choice words that I'm thinking about. But, yeah, 
I mean, that's that's what we're dealing with right now. Yeah. And so when we're thinking about this illness, like it's still very much a part of our culture. People are still very much afraid. People are still very much limited. And we need to get our heads out of that area where the sun doesn't shine because the church is hurting. And we need to offer up our suffering for each other because because it's hard. You know, and life is going to continue to be hard. But we can't give up. You know, when you were saying that, I, I thought about um, St. Damien, who... Um, you, you know, I'm sure you're familiar with the story, but uh, for those of you who are not, St. Damien is a Catholic priest who decided to go and live in a leopard's island uh, off the coast of uh, Hawaii. There's an island there. I forget the name of the island, but um, he went there uh, to be with the lepers, those who have leprosy. And his sole mission was to provide the sacraments for them when nobody else dared <laughs> getting near uh, people with leprosy. Mm. He says, I'll go and I'll, you know, provide them with the sacraments. And and he did. He baptized like thousands of people because all these people were getting there. And obviously they're continuing having kids and, and their kids, unfortunately, get leprosy, whatever. Um, celebrated mass, heard confessions. And then finally he got leprosy and he died from it. And um, what a heroic man. And, but, you know, you think about the saints. All of them were like that. You think about St. Francis of Assisi, all these different mm-hmm. saints. You know, John Paul II, you know, I remember when he went and he visited um, a place where they had people full of leprosy. And he was touching them and stuff. It's just phenomenal. Phenomenal people. Yeah. And leprosy is like way worse than the coronavirus you know like way worse. like what leprosy does to you holy moly like there's treatments now right i i mean yeah somewhat but i mean there's there's still a colony of leprosies in africa and all kinds yeah. of places people don't people, know about that huh? flesh eating virus or bacteria i mean it's 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 horrible um what what happens with with that but but yeah no i it, it to think that you would have a lack of priests that are unwilling to administer the sacraments, uh, hear confession, offer the anointing of the sick, um, hear, you know, or, or excuse me, celebrate mass is, is really sad. It's really sad. I remember when I wanted to baptize my son uh, about a, over a year ago, a year and a half ago, and I was looking around. And nobody wanted to baptize my kid. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, you don't want to baptize him? Why not? He needs to get baptized. You know? Um, finally, I, I, luckily, I had a friend who um, is a Catholic priest. And and he's like, don't worry, Javier. I, I, I got the hookup. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was like underground or something. Like, we were being persecuted or something. Clandestine yeah. baptism. You know, like... It's funny, and I'm catacombs. like, yeah, catacombs. Yeah, I'm like, what? Dude. What the heck? Are you kidding me? And and it's funny because it was like it had to. He's like, oh yeah, don't talk about it. Don't post pictures. Don't do this. I was like, what the heck? Are you kidding me? Um, it was sad, but mm-hmm. you know what? I I didn't care about any of that. I'm like, just baptize my son. That's all I care about. Um, just baptize my son. Um, so just know that if you're going through it, you're not alone. You're not alone, and the world needs your suffering. 
You know, that's the one thing that separates us from the rest of the world is that when the, wor- when the world suffers, I struggle with the word world. I don't know why. <laughs> My goodness. When the world suffers, the they English suffer in vain. Hard. The English is hard. <laughs> you know it. When the world suffers, oftentimes that suffering goes in vain. But when the Christian suffers, it can redeem the world. Mm. Not because of your suffering being so great, but because it's offered up in union with Jesus on the cross. So know that you're not alone. And pray for us. As we pray for you. Ferrum. Ferrum. Aquitur. Are you tired of getting dirt kicked in your face? No.